Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff, talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Uh, Actually, Tom Malloy is joining us today. Uh, Tom, I had some questions for you. You know, last week I talked about, and and this is sort of like the overarching theme of of, uh, this podcast and and a few other podcasts that we have, which is just helping people level up their career, whatever the heck that means. And through our, you know, training and stuff, we have this whole concept of a roadmap or the path that helps you go from being like, you know, in a situation where maybe you've done a little bit of work or maybe you haven't done any work, you know, all the way up to where you're doing some of the kind of stuff that you're doing. Obviously, you know, one of the cool things about having you here teaching is that you do the stuff you teach, which, you know, not everybody can say that. There's a lot of people out there, as, as we've talked about, uh, you know, that teach film funding or teach film producing in general, but they've never really done anything just yet, which is fine. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes, you know, Olympic, uh, Olympic coaches aren't always the best swimmers, but, you know, in, in, in our case, you're a great educator and uh, you have the, the credibility to back it up. And, I think that's the key word I want to dive into is credibility. So last week in the podcast, I was talking about growing short films and and creating short films, even if you've already done some features to kind of keep yourself active, to keep giving yourself the excuse to go to film festivals so you can meet more people, so you can grow your network, so you can find more opportunities. But I'd like to take a step back to like when you were starting your acting career and you know, how did you go from, from being somebody that's going on a bunch of auditions to like somebody that found an investor to, you know, Hey, I want to make a movie. I'm, I'm done asking permission. Maybe give our listeners a little insight to that. Well, the, there's an interesting story part that I don't know if I've even told before is that uh, I went and made a film that never saw the light of day on my own for like a nothing, like basically did a backyard indie. And I don't really speak about it much because uh, it was, it never went anywhere, but it, had, it was a comedy and it had some really funny moments in it. But, and this is after I've done as an actor, I did the movie Gravesend and that's a different story. That was a really good movie. This movie, but like basically me and I, I got a partnered with a filmmaker and gosh, at the time, this is when you had to shoot it on 16 millimeters. So we shot it on a 16 millimeter film and, you know, just started kind of piecing it together. So it, Hold on enough, a second. You, know, you, you yeah. just you just made a, a 16 millimeter film. And, and for people that are new to filmmaking, that's not nothing. I mean, you had to buy film. You had to get that yep. film processed. You had to get that film transferred to video. So yep. had to there had to be some budget head. involved. But how'd you pull yeah. it together? Uh, I mean, you know, we, we put our own money in at the time. Um, I had been I think you you know this part. I had been an IT manager in the meantime, making ends meet. And then I was just so good at it that people kept promoting me and everything. And I was making some money. And then the partner, same deal. He had had some money. And but I'm not there's not maybe if, if each of us put in five grand, you know, like that's that's what we put into it. But um, yeah, that was feature filmmaking at used car prices. These days we call them a backyard indie. But exactly, exactly. And, you know, and there was aspects of that. Like I hadn't read Dove Simmons from Real to Deal, which, you know, I'm not nothing against it. But, you know, at the time that was like the Bible. Now I would say it's probably dated in a certain regard. He hasn't made a movie in 30 years. But at the time that was like, oh, wow, you got to figure out how to make a movie this way. So but, you know, what I'm getting at is that this is my advice to anybody that's even if you're stuck 
yeah, there's a difference between making something and not making something. And that's the key is that you just have to make something. You know how many times I've had with um, uh, conversations I've had with, with director friends and, and writer friends and actor friends where they there was nothing going on in their career at that time. And they were like, why don't we just make something? And then just, just we started spinning together ideas. Like I saw today, it was like a, I don't know how many years ago, I guess I have to look probably seven years ago, I was doing a movie called The Hero of the Underworld. And uh, it's on my Facebook memory. So I actually got to look it up real quick. It was uh, eight years ago. So eight years ago, I was shooting this movie called The Hero of the Underworld. And that came from me meeting this guy, John Vincent. I had already had the script for a while. And me meeting this guy, John Vincent, going, how cheap can we do a movie, right? And it just so happened that there was a high net worth individual that I was having lunch with before I was going to meet with these guys. And I said, Chris, why don't you come to this <laughs> meeting not knowing if he'd ever be interested. And then he felt that energy and was like, well, what if I put, you know, 50 grand in and blah, blah, blah. And then that's how it started. We built up a movie from there. So there's been many times movies have happened, not to go on forever, but just from making something, meaning if you're thinking I need to make a $2 million movie, $3 million, blah, 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 and you've never made anything, that's always tough because you don't exactly know what it's like to make a movie. So my advice to those people would be like, just make something, figure it out, do something. I, I, I did a whole video on how to shoot a short film for zero. It's like, or, or put five grand in and pay for an education, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's really the thing. And, and in your case, going back to what, what you and it sounds like a buddy did, though, even before you were raising money, even before this guy came to that lunch, like that thing you did, the 16 millimeter film. Um, so what happened after that? Did you try any festivals or? Well, that, you know, yeah, when you say that, that one, we're talking about, gosh, 1999 or something like that. So yeah. that was definitely not eight years ago, 23 years No, ago. I just, I, I love yeah. hearing this story. I, I've known you for a long time. I've never heard the story. Yeah, yeah, it was called Getting Stiffed. And it was about these filmmakers, you know, and we made the mistake of making a movie about making a movie. That was like, there you, you go. Don't want to, you don't want to do that. But it was very funny in, in certain re regards, you know, like there was things that were funny and i remember when we finished it and i was just trying to look what to do we did submit it to some festivals played some small festivals and um it, trauma made an offer on the movie which is funny <laughs> trauma if you know trauma of course i did uh you know toxic, toxic avenger, avenger yeah yeah but uh lloyd coffin i had a meeting with lloyd coffin about the movie and it was like you know, but it never really went anywhere because I didn't know how to sell a movie. I was well, just kind of, even, yeah. even unpacking that, right? So you you gain credibility, like what you're talking about, you know, Craig Spector, a horror writer, um, early mentor of mine, you know, he talks about this thing called like, and it's not his concept, but I always picked it up because he always said it, that gravity works, meaning like as you, as you start pushing forward to get a project done, you just attract elements and people and things that are going to help you uh, increase that momentum, like a snowball effect. Hundred percent. You know, it's like it's it. Look, if we're talking about money wise, you could go and and get a four K camera, and 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 even even it doesn't even have to be that precise, but under five hundred dollars. There are four K cameras under five five hundred dollars, and so then you get some sound. So, like, say you invested a thousand dollars, and if you're saying you don't have a thousand dollars, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't. You know, maybe maybe you don't have a thousand dollars right now but then you don't want it bad enough. You know what I mean? Like meaning you're working at this thing and you're making your ends meet, you know, you don't have an extra $60 that you spend at the bar a weekend. Okay. Put that away, you know, for 15 weeks, there's your thousand dollars, you know, and it's like, you yeah. can put those things together and buy the camera, buy the sound, 
or start reaching out to people that just want to make stuff. I'm telling you all, be, you know, creative people want to make stuff. And when I did that video about shooting a short film, which I ended up doing for fun, it was called um, Sure Thing. And it was myself and Joe Michelle Melian from Mad TV, who was my good friend. And we did for nothing. I mean, it was the price of the lunch that we paid the guys. We just reached it. We put an ad, I think, in Craigslist or Mandy.com and said, who wants to like be involved in something for their reel? Found a DP that wanted to do it for his reel, um, an AC that wanted to do it. And then an editor, even we even got the editor. Uh, so sound guy, you know, every every single person we got because they wanted to just get some credits on their resume. And uh, her and Jill and I had had some um, some credits already. So that was they, they thought, oh, they're working with with people that are professionals. So that was good. I mean, so. Bottom line is you can put those things together. You, people, creative people want to make stuff. So the the answer to all this is make stuff, make things. You know, if, you, if you're stuck, figure out a way to make something because that, that does, like you said, it starts attracting more stuff. Well, I know like even making stuff and getting into the festival, then you have the opportunity to meet other people that are making stuff. And, and I remember, you know, one of our really short films, we were going from festival to festival. And after a while, I started seeing familiar faces. I mean, we made friends you know, with people because we were all out there together and you're like, oh yeah, there's the dude with that other film, that film noir thing. And, totally. and ours is going to screen with him again. Hey, what's up, dude? You know, you just meet these people and get to know them. And then you're like part of the community and you have something to show and you have a reason for being there. Yeah. hundred percent. You're a filmmaker at that point. And, you know, we, we recently had somebody talk to me um, that I was kind of helping them push on with their film. And I think that they had very much blinders on that they could only do this film, you know, that was a, two to three million dollar film but they hadn't done a film before and i did suggest doing the fifty thousand dollar hundred thousand dollar smaller film first and it doesn't even have to be that much but to do that first and their fear was writing the script that they they thought well we have to and even that you could fix you could find a script online you could you know there's there's places where you can option screenplays and get finalized scripts that you know that that are done that are feature scripts i mean there's been times in the past where i've looked for scripts and i put out ads in different places um you know besides craigslist los angeles which yeah. would be a great resource there's other places out there and gotten a wealth of scripts emailed to me you know we did a contest one time where we had a search for horror scripts and we had a lot many you know a thousand even you know and it's like so there's scripts out there and so even that should not stop you from making something well you know it's a certain degree of resourcefulness that you know you're now playing at a level that you're no longer a beginner. I mean, the stuff you teach is you, you like we're having a conversation right now that's very much probably a good reminder for people that have been working for a while, but it's definitely geared towards some beginners that maybe haven't done stuff or they haven't done something for like a decade. And they're like, oh my gosh, what's the problem? Well, the problem is you don't have the credibility yet. And that credibility comes from experience, comes to your point from making stuff and then taking the stuff that you make and getting it out in the market. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a, the, the idea of getting something made. I, and I also think like people have that hang up. You're right. They get stuck on that one film that they're fixated on. But I think it's important also to think, are you a producer or are you really setting yourself up to be a one hit wonder? Mm-hmm. Because when I hear a filmmaker that's just like, oh, I'm only focused on this one film forever. And this is all, you know, mm-hmm that's so limiting to your career. And, and by the very nature of that, you're, you're not thinking of yourself as a producer. So obviously you're not producing other stuff. Yeah. And you know, you have to be willing to pivot. 
I have two stories that I'll illustrate real quick is that Kirsten Carl Huber is my friend. Uh, she had, I had met her through this. I was teaching this thing on intentional filmmaking. This was years ago. And she had had a film that she wanted to make that was about $2 million range, but she hadn't made something in that budget and hadn't directed her first film. She had done a short and she didn't really feel confident she could raise that. She came back and, and decided, let me pivot. And she found a different script that was much smaller in scope. And it was about maybe $200,000 budget. And she was able to finance a certain aspect of that and then came to me and I ended up producing the film and it was uh, sold to Showtime. It was a great little movie called Fairhaven, right? So the key is, it doesn't mean like she'll never get to make that project. And funny enough, I'm producing a film with her in July, years later, because I think it was 2014 even when we did uh, Fairhaven. So the key is, is that you can pivot and get your mind on something else and put that one on hold. My favorite story, I said two stories, the second one is Matt Groening with, you know, the famous story of he's, he has these rabbits that he loved and it was called Life in Hell. Um, and uh, he, that was his big character. And when Fox approached him and said, we want you to draw cartoons between the Tracy Ullman show, he thought, well, I don't want to give away these rabbits because they're the biggest thing I got going. <laughs> and literally went, let me just make something else and made this family called the Simpsons. And so he did that because he didn't want to hold on to his rabbits. I mean, he didn't want to give away, uh, you know, a piece of his rabbits. And it's like, well, look what happened ultimately. So what I'm getting at is sometimes you could pivot and the thing you pivot to becomes a success, you know. Yeah, I know. You know, and it's funny. I, I think if you're in that situation where you're fixated on the same film and it's and it's kind of stagnant, you know, I think that the big takeaway for today's conversation is like, well, what are you going to do in between, you know, now and that big project and, um, you know, making the shorts or making the thing that you can make. Um, and, you know, fortunately, um, I, I think the conversations we have, Tom, seem to attract a lot of really business savvy, business minded type people. So, you know, there's the art, but then there's also making money off of that. So let's just, let's unpack this idea of like making the backyard indie. Um, what genre, because because outside of the conversations we have here, you also run a sales and distribution company. And I know chasing the market's kind of a fallacy because sometimes by the time you make your movie, that market has shifted. But if, if you had very limited resources and you wanted to make something that might have some co commercial viability and you didn't have access to like, big name actors, mm. what, what, would you, what would you recommend that somebody would, could take out in the market that might have a shot? Okay, I, I would say you gotta make something in the action, uh, you know, with shoot 'em ups or martial arts or something like that. You could make a horror movie or a thriller, right? Because you don't really need names for each of those. And the third option would be to do a very vanilla type movie um, family oriented. It could be a comedy, it could be a drama, but family oriented that people can watch with their grandmother, you know, and, and if you do any of those things, you'd be in the best shape. The, the thing that I wouldn't say is to make a very edgy comedy with curse words and drugs and stuff like that, or a drama, an edgy drama with uh, curse words and drugs and all that stuff. So if you, if you don't do those, you, you really should focus on, on those things that I just said, because then those are sellable, even with no names. So um, what, know, what about a cute Christmas dog movie? Are those still big in the marketplace? You know, there's all right. So I'll say <laughs> that they are, but it is there is a lot of them. They are flooded. I mean, I just had somebody tell me that there was some some 200 or something Christmas movies made last year. That's crazy. So but that does fall under the category of what I was saying was, um, 
you know, family oriented, you know, because that would be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine the Christmas dog would have sex or drugs or rock and roll in it, you know, one of those. um, And and that's, that's because if you do something family friendly, then it appeals to more people. Families can bring that home and they can watch it and they're not embarrassed by it or offended. Um, And then also it helps in different international territories. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. There's territories like Africa and Middle East that they won't take it if it's too edgy anyway you know so it's just like um in china we i mean haven't really sold movies to china as much anymore uh since the, in the past maybe five years or so but prior to that you did had strict censorship laws and if there was any of that you just lost your sale to china which was always a good sale so yeah well awesome man i really appreciate you coming by today i know you got a super busy schedule and it's all it's just always fun to talk to you um i know we have some business together so we talk a lot but it's we do. Yeah. Uh, it's just as fun for me to pick your brain as I think it is for people to listen, you know, because again, you're the real deal. You know, you've raised over 25 million for films and how many, how many features have you produced so far? 18. And it looks like I have, I'll have two more come at least two more this year. So I'll be up to 20 by the end of the year, but we'll see. Awesome. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you, Jason. Take care. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.